I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome in to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, what is going on? We, I am feeling non-quarterbacky today. We are, we are going to not talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks today i promise there will be no conversations about the pittsburgh steelers quarterbacks in this episode of steelers afternoon drive and we weren't going to talk about quarterbacks at all but then we got some news this afternoon that i feel like we've got to bring up lamar jackson is not going to play for the baltimore ravens against pittsburgh steelers Mm -hmm. which seems like a good thing for the steelers uh but tyler huntley has played pretty well against the steelers maybe you could argue has played better against the Steelers than Jackson has. Smitty, what do you make of the uh, the news of the day here? I didn't know if we would get it this early in the week. I, I kind of thought we'd have to play the waiting game with this, but Harbaugh, um, you know, so graciously providing the Steelers with this information early enough in the week to know that they're preparing for uh, Tyler Snoop Huntley. Um, which to your point, I, you know, I mentioned this yesterday, obviously you're talking about going from an MVP caliber player to, to Tyler Huntley, but a lot of their offense, you know, they still, at least in the past. Now, how is Tyler Huntley going to look in this offense under Todd Mulkin? I think that's now a question that is going to have to be answered, but at least in the past, uh, you know, under, um, what was his name? Uh, Greg Roman, Greg Roman, uh, Greg Roman um, would run very similarly. So that is to me in, intriguing aspect of this is now how does it run 
with Huntley and Malkin being the combination here, as opposed to in the past and looking very similar, would that still be the case? I think that's something that I'm very curious to see. Yeah. I'm interested to see it. I I'm, you know, I was curious because of the, you know, Baltimore already has the buy. And so this will be consecutive weeks off for the Ravens. You know, there right. isn't a player that is more valuable to his team's future potential success in the NFL right now than Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. Like that's why is the MVP, right? I mean, they're, they're one of the best teams in the league, mostly because of Lamar Jackson. And clearly you don't want to get risk him getting injured, but you know, Harbaugh didn't mention anyone else. And I really wonder, is this going to be a scenario because they do have that extra week off anyway, where Baltimore is really going to try to get as many guys as possible out of this game or if they're going to be more selective. I, I kind of feel mm-hmm. like it's probably closer to the latter. Yeah, I, you know that's why I brought that up yesterday. I was so curious about it. Like, do you almost treat it like a preseason game and have like some guys get reps? Obviously, no, we know that's not going to be the case with Lamar Jackson now, but do we see guys like uh, – I don't know. I know Marlon Humphrey's on the injury report, so maybe that wouldn't be the best case. But like a Ronnie Stanley, who I know has been banged up too, like these guys, older guys like a Jadavian Clowney or Kyle Van Noy, they're edge rushers. Do OBJ. those guys maybe play a quarter? Yeah, OBJ. Do yeah. they maybe play a quarter or something? Yeah, I would try to get some older guys out if, if I were me, but I'm not sure that that's what John Harbaugh is going to do. And I think that really changes the complexion of the game a lot you know if it's just Lamar well we've seen the Ravens be dangerous without Lamar Jackson over the last couple of years like I mean he's a really good player um but they can certainly win this game without him now if they start benching like huge swaths of starters or limiting guys to a half Mm -hmm. or something like that I think it gets a lot tougher to see to envision in my head anyway a Baltimore victory at that point I mean they're a good team I don't get the sense that they're an overwhelmingly deep team. I'm not really afraid of a lot of their backups in a lot of ways. You know, I, I don't know. I think, I think this game, I'll be interested to see what happens with the betting line here. I, and I think some of this was mm. probably baked in already, right? I think everybody kind of assumed that the Ravens were not going to play Lamar Jackson. So I yeah. think this announcement today coming that they are going to not play Jackson, but not make any other announcements. It wouldn't, it has not moved. It's still Steelers minus four. So that that really actually doesn't, you know, that's kind of what I thought is that like, this is about what I think people expected. And I don't think, you know, I think the fact that he's saying it's nobody else right now kind of lends it that there's going to be some Ravens starters that are going to play in this game and um, play a bunch. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, maybe we get, more information on that side throughout the week but obviously the injury report could dictate some of this too like if those guys physically aren't able to the yeah, guys that are on the injury play. report i assume they're not going to play like even if there's yeah. any question as to whether or not they're healthy they're like they're not going to play but everybody else certainly um seems i, I don't know it, se- it seems like there's going to be some guys that are going to suit up for this one you know guys like that are pretty good players guys like zay flowers roquan smith you know mm-hmm. justin matabuke like i don't know it seems like from what I'm, from what John Harbaugh had to say today, it seems like I I would expect those guys to play right now. Good, good. Okay, uh, and let's oh, move on. Let's Dave talk Flowers about- is on the injured list. Sorry, I oh. I forgot about that. Uh, he has a oh calf. yeah, calf. Uh, so yep, okay, exactly. so maybe not Dave Flowers. Rashad right, Bates. Let's move on and, and talk about. <laughs> uh, let's move on and talk about Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the injuries aspect for the Steelers here. Um, 
because you know we talked yesterday about their injury report. Obviously, we just want to continue the update throughout the week. Um, but Minka Fitzpatrick and Landon Roberts getting in limited practices today. Does that make you feel any better about their chances of returning uh, on Saturday? Especially makes me feel pretty good about Minka, right? I mean, you're talking about a knee injury. There's video here on the YouTube channel. If you scroll one up of him doing tackling drills, of him cutting, you know, it looks like a guy that trusts the knee, that seems confident in the knee. And I think, you know, we're seeing just in what you can see on the video looks like a player that I think could probably play with the Landon Roberts. It's a little bit different because I've got, you know, he's got to hit people with a, with a bad pack, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. so I, I don't know if I'm as confident, but the fact that he was out there in pads um, certainly, uh, you know, is a sign that, you know, they're, they're trying to get him into this game, but it's, it's not, a, not a sure thing at this point. So they were limited as well as Trenton Thompson. We've talked about him, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Larry Ogunjobi, those two were just with rest. Cam Hayward, obviously, with the groin thing, he's going to be in and out of practice, limited availability at times anyway. Isaac Samalo and Kenny Pickett, both full participants. DNP for Najee Harris with a knee. Is that just kind of like along the same lines we've been seeing each week with him with that knee? Yeah, we talked to him today. There's nothing significantly wrong with him. He says he feels great, actually. Um, it's just keeping him healthy and and uh, limiting the workload for a running back late in the season. I don't really think it's anything. I mean, after getting his fifth scepter for an angry run, you know, I think he earned the day off. That would be hilarious if they put it on the injury report as like Najee Harris <laughs> given day off with scepter. Like, did you see the picture of the? No, offensive I didn't. Just, I didn't. So as opposed to it being Najee, it's the offensive lineman and the tight ends. Ah, the so they didn't get the game no. ball, but they got the scepter. They got the scepter. Yeah. They deserved it, man, because, you know, the whole angry run segment being both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. And look, when Cal Brandt does that, obviously, you know, he's talking about things like stiff arms and things like broken tackles and fighting for yardage. But you don't get the opportunity to do that if you don't get good blocking to begin with, to get you with a head of steam, to get you in a position to beat a guy one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, the commonality between the two guys that he chose to highlight was the blocking of the Steelers offensive line and the tight ends, which was really, really good in that game. And, yeah, uh, awesome that those guys got credit for it because they did a lot of the work. I get it was a great performance by the offensive line and by the running backs. And, and really, I think it was the best. Uh, I think it was the best performance of the Steelers. Run. I know they had more yards against the Packers, but I thought it was the best Steelers running game performance of the year. Certainly in a situation where they needed it and probably heading into another one this week. I mean, we talked about the change in game plan from Cincinnati to Seattle, a lot of similarities between Seattle and Baltimore. I don't know that that offensive game plan is going to change that much from last week to this week. I would attack those two teams pretty similarly. Yeah, I agree. Um, Alan, I want to talk about the Steelers handed out their team. award. Well, we knew we did. We, Touch briefly just because I mentioned TJ Watt winning team MVP yesterday. And then, of course, you know, the Miles Garrett PFF joke that you threw in there so eloquently and perfectly timed. Um, but today, Patrick Peterson and Joey Porter Jr. also given recognition. Patrick Peterson winning the Chief Award, Joey Porter Jr., the Rookie of the Year Award, which is the Joe Green Award for the team. So, you know, defense or not just defensive rookie, Rookie of the Year for the team. That's obviously pretty self explanatory for Joey Porter Jr. But the Chief Award, you know, some people, obviously, if you're not in Pittsburgh too or not a fan of the Steelers, like you wouldn't even know what that necessarily means. So, like, how prestigious is this? What does this mean for Patrick Peterson to win this award? 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, you know I, I think it's I bet if you look through other NFL teams, uh, if you win an award that's named after the founder of the team, it's probably mm-hmm. not for talking to the press anywhere else. Like I, I think I feel pretty confident that this is the only place where that's the case. You know, the Steelers are a very interesting franchise in that the Rooney family have always really really embraced the importance of interacting with the fans communicating with the fans via you know uh directly you know in, at places like saint vincent you know on, on at the games but also uh in the media um and, and now through social media it's really important to them and i think that really shows when you know the award that is named after the team's founder art rooney senior the chief is uh, the one that's given out by the Pittsburgh chapter, the PFWA for cooperation with the media. And I, I think it just shows throughout the way the Steelers do business that, that this is something that's really important to them and has been for a really long time. I think the, you know, the Steelers as a PR operation get a lot of like undeserved crap that I don't really understand. Um, you know, players are grown men. You can't make them do things they don't want to do but you can foster an environment where you try to get people to understand the importance of doing interviews. And look, I mean, when you're talking to me as a player, yeah, you're talking to me and maybe you, you build a relationship with me and maybe we get to know each other or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're talking to the fan base, you know, I'm just a conduit, right? I, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking to, you know, Patrick, Pat Fryermuth just so that I can talk to Pat Fryermuth. I'm talking to Pat Fryermuth so I can come on here and tell all you people about what Pat Fryermuth is like and, and what he thinks and, and how he goes about his business and, and do the same thing with my words at, at SteelersNow.com. And so, you know, those guys being available to us, those guys being willing participants in it is really important. And uh, this is our way and the team's way of showing that uh, appreciation for the players that are a willing and thoughtful participant in it. And it was, it's been really fun to work with Patrick Peterson, man. A guy came in, you know, I, I, I didn't have any expectations for uh, what he would be like. I didn't know him. I mean, I've obviously seen his podcast. I knew he was a, you know, a well-spoken guy and a smart guy, but it's been really fun to watch him, not just uh, be willing to talk to us, but also influence other teammates and, and uh, set the standard in terms of uh, what it's like to be a professional in the locker room. And I, I think you see young guys gravitate towards that. So really cool. Um, I'll, I'll give my, I did not vote for him. I voted for Deontay Johnson. Uh, it was I, a, mm. a fairly close. I vote. was going to say, I thought it would be somebody from the linebacker room for you, but. Uh, I thought to me that the three, uh, best choices were Patrick Peterson, Deontay Johnson, and Landon Roberts. If I was going to vote one, two, three, I think I would have picked 18, 20, and 50. Um, I think Deontay Johnson was one of the best players in terms of being willing to talk about hard issues and being willing to speak honestly about hard issues in a way that actually, you know, it's one thing to talk. You know, anybody can can answer the questions with words. Uh, you know, if you ever listen to a Mike Tomlin press conference, you know that a lot of times quantity of words does not equal meaning, right? Like you can, you can, you can repeat words back to the questioner without ever actually saying anything. And I feel like Deontay Johnson does a really good job of taking on hard questions and tough issues with what feels to me like, you know, honesty in return and, and not shying away from that. Uh, especially when he himself, you know, it's easy, I think, 
to be good with the media when you have a good season, you know, when you're a good player, when there's never any strife, right? There's no strain involved. I think Deontay had his moment this year where he screwed up and he had to come face the music. And I thought he did it professionally and admirably. And so to me, um, that's why I voted for him, but there were a number of um, deserving winners. I know Alex Highsmith got a bunch of votes as well. Mm. Uh, I can't say enough about how easy to talk to Alex is great guy. Um, And so, uh, you know, people seem to not like, you know, the way the Steelers locker room is, or there's this perception from the outside about the locker room being, I don't know, unfriendly or that that we don't get along with these players. And I think for the very most part, uh, it's, it's a pretty good group and pretty solid to be around, but yeah, Pat's been awesome. And really, I, I, I can't say enough about the whole, the whole team. It's, it's not been an easy season, but I think they've been, uh, been a pretty good group to deal with. And then the other one that I mentioned there, Joey Porter Jr. I mean, that, that lines up, right? Obviously he, he was started. I think almost everybody voted and... for Joey. I, it was near unanimous. I, um, yeah. And so I, I, I think, uh, you know, and look at, look at the, I mean, Broderick Jones has been really good. Keanu Benton has been Keanu pretty Benton, good. Yeah. Other years that would have been certainly good enough to win that award, but it's a strong rookie class for the Steelers. I always say this when you have good rookies, it's not good for this year, but it's good for the future. I think if you look at some of the guys, like if you look, look at SteelersNow.com when we, when we in the story that says that Joey you know wins it this year, we list all the old winners. And it's always funny to me to look through the the old winners of who won the Steelers Rookie of the Year and and look at the years that they won it and it, it's just it's just very amusing to see like guys that were kind of you know total nothings for most of their career being the most productive rookie on a Steelers team that ended up being very good and then you know maybe like some other guys oh I don't know Joey Porter Senior by the way who you know, is one of the best players in team history never won this award. And so uh, it's just funny how it works sometimes. And Joey took a little jab at his old man, saying that he uh, is going to have to going to have to talk that up at home. That he's already done something that his dad never did. Uh, and so I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's certainly interesting about the trajectory of the team and where they're at. And you know, Troy Edwards won the Rookie of the Year in 1999, not Joey Porter Jr. I don't think anybody would go back in time and want Troy Edwards over Joey Porter or, or Joey Porter senior out of that 99 rookie class, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. And, uh, but yeah, certainly uh, there's been some really good teams that didn't rely on a lot of rookies. And there's been, a you know, a lot of teams where maybe you see those rookies now and think uh, they're going to be pretty good in a couple of years. Uh, and I think, I think this is a really uh, a fundamental rookie class for the Steelers. There are a lot of good pieces that feel like, guys that are going to be big parts of this team going forward. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe doesn't obviously pop up on the stat sheet, but like Darnell Washington has certainly had his contributions to the team this year. Herbert, when he's on field. Yeah. I mean, obviously limited snaps, but like when he's out there, very noticeable. So the early returns for this draft class uh, have been very good. Who knows what Corey Trice could have provided to this team if he didn't tear his ACL in training camp. Yeah. Um, Alan, was there anything else before we get on to some questions you wanted to discuss? No, and we got lots of them and I want to get to them. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Did you see any off the bat that you certainly wanted to get to? Because I was just going to pick some random ones, but if there was some that you saw, like kind of cycling through that you were like, yeah, we got to answer this. You can let me know um, because I, I don't think I saw anything 
that I know there's so many. I, I don't I don't think I, I saw any that I like absolutely need to get to, but uh just just pick pick them and let's okay. Go. Well, how about how about this one? Because we talked about Patrick Peterson, obviously, <clears throat> from a non-football standpoint. We talked about Minka getting back onto the field. John says if Minka is healthy this week, how do you guys envision Patrick Peterson being used since he's been playing a lot more at safety? I think if Minka is healthy, healthy, Minka will play strong safety, and Patrick Peterson will play free safety. And okay. Eric, that would make Eric Rowe the third safety and leave everybody else where they are. So can Eric Rowe, I mean, I know you, you talked about what he's done in the past, right? Like he has aligned in different spots. Can he be that Keanu Neal type third safety, though, playing more in the ball? I mean, he's a different guy than Keanu or... Neal, but he's different. He's a very different yeah. guy, but I think he can do the job. He, he you know, he was doing it a little bit uh, in, the, in the last in Seattle game. He was down in the box a little bit, you know. He's more, you know, I wouldn't say he's he's really Keanu Neal. You know, he's probably like closer to, you know, Mike Hilton maybe or Cam Sutton or someone like that who who did play down in the slot in the box. You know, he's played a lot of slot corner in his time, mm-hmm. so I, I can see him um, doing some of that role. He's not going to be a big run stopper from there, but uh, I think he can do the job in terms of coverage and. You know, Baltimore's got a good tight end, Isaiah Likely, even though Mark Andrews is out. He's a big weapon for him. He's a guy that I think, you know, everyone will expect that he will play. So you can get ready for a game plan for him kind of no matter what. And Eric Rowe could certainly be a piece of that. Uh, We got to answer this one because it comes to us from outside of the U.S. And we appreciate wherever people are watching or listening to the show from. Is there a possibility for the Steelers coming to Europe next season? And do you guys... uh, are you guys going with the team? Or I don't know what that second part is, to be honest with you. But uh, this is from Max, who's in Germany. What do you think about the possibility of the Steelers playing in Europe next season? Max, I think we had a question from Max before. Is that right? Um, yes. Yep. Uh, I don't think it'll happen next year. I think that the Steelers are most likely to play an international game in Mexico next as a regular season team. And that'll probably happen in 2025. I think they're going to try to play another preseason game in Ireland. I don't mm. have any details about when or wh- you know, when that might be, um, but I think that's coming d- down the table too. I think they're waiting to see. You know, the NFL books the regular season games. The Steelers don't really have a lot of say in that process. And, and so I think they're waiting to see what happens with that. They don't want to overload themselves with travel. But I do think they want to play in Ireland. I'm not sure that Ireland is a big enough market that the NFL is going to want to move a regular season game there. So that's kind of why I'm thinking that they're going to play another preseason game in Ireland, but we'll see how things shake out. My guess is though, we're going to Mexico city in 2025. As for whether I'll go, and well, uh, let me, let me just put on my, uh, we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And, uh, you know, I'm just focused on Baltimore this Saturday. There we go. There we go. Um, no, I think that's if, if there is going to be a regular season game in Ireland, though, like the Steelers have to be involved in it, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm just not sure that the NFL is really, right. you know, pushing for that market in a way they are for <laughs> Germany, Britain, um, and maybe I would say even like Japan and Mexico and Brazil. You know, I, I just think there's when you look at participation in American football, Ireland's way down. And, and it's not a big country. Yeah. And so I, I think there would be other places that the league would would rather push for in terms of uh, playing regular season games. Uh, this person's name is Nutting Sell the Team. So 
Uh, Got to get them on here big, as well. Nice Pirates to see they're also. Yeah. Uh, is Broderick Jones the real reason the offense has looked better? O-line stunk before him, then struggled initially with him. It seemed to get progressively better each game. Is his nastiness and talent lifting the play of the other guys around him? Hmm. I don't really see it. I mean, I, I saw it's been so inconsistent, right? I mean, I, certainly I think Dan Moore has been, I, I don't think, Broderick Jones has anything to do with Dan Moore playing really good against Seattle and playing not so good a couple weeks before, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that has anything to do yeah. with Broderick Jones. Well, even Broderick himself, we kind of talked about the arrow was pointing in the wrong direction. Before yeah. yeah. I do think, on the whole, they've been better, and especially better running the ball since they've been playing mm-hmm. Broderick Jones. But I don't, I don't think I would say that he's sort of stand out in a way that has impacted the whole offense. You know, I think that, that it's, uh, this is, uh, I I just think that's, uh, he's played well, but I don't think he's had some kind of big ripple effect on the offense. Uh, for the sake of not wanting to say the second word on this show and stay family friendly, we're just going to say this guy's name is Mason. Uh, what are Tomlin's biggest issues and what are some of Tomlin's best traits? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, That's a great question, actually. Mike Tomlin's biggest issue, I think one of Mike Tomlin's biggest issues is delegating things, especially in-game. I think if he had more staff members that he really trusted around him, things like clock management, fourth downs, you know, some of that stuff, I feel like there's a lot on his plate and I'm not sure he's the best at those things where I think he could probably hand some of that off to other people and they would be better off for it. Um, yeah, I think that's that's definitely one of his opportunities. You know, I, I think he's willing to learn and adapt, um, but I think it's oftentimes a lot of... He's willing to learn and adapt but I don't think he's particularly willing to experiment. You know, like it's more like, oh, hey, someone else is doing this and it's working. And so we'll we'll do that and adopt it as ours. But I don't necessarily see a lot of innovation from the Steelers under Mike Tomlin, you know, in a way that I might from, you know, Kyle Shanahan or or Sean McVay or even a Nick Sirianni, right? Like these things that the league shows him that works but he generally is is waiting to see it first. What he's the best at, I think he's the best at getting the most out of his players and getting – he has like a personal touch with his players that I think is both real and and impactful in the, that he knows exactly how to push everyone's buttons. He has a personal relationship with everybody and he knows how they tick and he do, he gets the most out of his people. I really think that's um, the hallmark of Mike Tomlin. There are so few players over the years that have left the Steelers and then gone on and then gone on to be great. Like you, you almost never see it. And I think that is, I mean, it's obviously a, a credit to their drafting and developing and their scouting process, but I just think it's, there are a few guys leave the, leaving the Steelers with untapped potential. I, I feel like Mike Tomlin gets the most out of him, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's been a very successful coach for a long time. That's a really good question. 
Um, I honestly thought for the biggest issues, you were just going to say challenges and move on. Yeah, I mean, but that's, that's <laughs> where I was. Yeah, that's one of those things, yeah. right? Where, in fact, we've actually seen that when mm-hmm. he had Terrell Austin in the booth helping him with challenges, they were better. And now they're, you know, now they're not. And so I, I, I do think that some, some, some more delegation would go a long way. Sure. Uh, we can get to at least one more here. Uh, PGH fan 88 said, who would be the most favorable matchup for the Steelers if they were to get into the playoffs? So the only three teams the Steelers can play are the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Of course, all three of those games will be on the road. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I like the matchup with the Buffalo Bills. I think the Steelers have played them pretty well over the last few years. Now they got rocked in Buffalo last year, but um, Buffalo's not playing particularly well. Uh, I don't know how you feel good going into Arrowhead. I don't know how you feel good against this Dolphins offense with all the weapons it has and you know the way the Steelers are still pretty beat up across the middle of their defense. But Buffalo, I mean, they don't really run the ball that well. I don't know. I, I think that's a matchup the Steelers can win. I think that's the one I would be rooting for. And as a guy that doesn't want to have to fly somewhere else again is the one that I am rooting for. So uh, <laughs> if they get in, I hope I'm driving to Buffalo next weekend. Yeah, uh, oddly enough, because you probably wouldn't think this, I, I think Miami might be the worst. Uh, now, obviously, like taking in the environment and stuff, that would be not taking in the environment stuff, because like you mentioned, Arrowhead. And at any moment, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But the way that Miami can space out the defense and blade of grass, like perimeter, I just I have a hard time thinking the Steelers' defense is going to be able to keep up with their speed. Um, between the other two, it's funny, because like you mentioned, like going into Arrowhead and stuff, but like the way that the Chiefs have played this year just looks so different. You're just always worried, like, are they going to suddenly flip a switch in the playoffs? And Travis Kelsey hasn't looked like Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I don't know how much you can put it on his plate because he might have one of the worst receiving cores in NFL history this year. Their best receivers were She Rice. I I don't know. I don't. I, between well, and the other thing is, like, if the Bills get in, if the Bills mm-hmm. win, yeah. Well, yeah, then. They will have won five straight, five of their last, uh, six of their last seven, and only lost at the Eagles in overtime since November nineteenth. Yeah, like, that's that's a pretty hot team. So, it's ever since you know we talked about like the numbers. I, you know, we had a conversation about the Bills when they fired um, Dorsey, and then Joe Brady became the OC. And like, yeah. even though the the numbers on the surface for the offense were relatively similar, it was really the turnovers that were killing them. And, you know, they've gotten James Cook more involved in the offense, not just as a runner, but catching passes out of the backfield and really utilizing him the right way. They've cut down on the turnovers, and they've still obviously maintained the yardage and points that they were producing as well. So I don't know. I, I, between, I might say if it was a neutral site, I would go KC. I think you you may be convincing me here. I, I I think I think I'm afraid of Arrowhead more than I am the Chiefs. I'll say that, and also just Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. Yeah, it's, um, at, at any moment. Yeah, you know, it's just just not that Josh Allen can't take a game over because he can, um, mm-hmm. but, but I think the Steelers are more prepared to deal with his abilities maybe than than Mahomes. Um, you know, it's really funny. Uh, last two weeks, Steelers have more passing yards than the Chiefs do. Mason Rudolph is better than Patrick Mahomes. You heard it here first, folks. Oh, I wasn't supposed to talk oh, about yeah. quarterbacks. Well, that was that was just talking about Patrick Mahomes. That that's, that's no, and that was that was in a positive light. So I'm sure that that will actually be. Um, I'm sure all the people will mention that in the comments. There you go. 
All right, we got time for one more. Well, quick, quick. Okay. Um, actually, well, a lot of people were asking about this, so this will be like multiple birds with one stone here. But who is a realistic, not just somebody that we could throw out there, a realistic offensive coordinator candidate for the Steelers in twenty twenty four? Oh, I can't give you that. And quick, there's about forty of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're actually working on a big list at, at SteelersNow.com. I have. Adam Borst, who's one of our like writers, and, and he does all our deep research for us. Um, I have him putting together bios. I think he's got like 30 people on his list. Uh, there's a lot of good candidates out there. There's a lot of candidates with Steelers connections, Mike Tomlin connections, Andy Weidel connections, Sheldon White connections. Um, you know, we're, we're running the whole list down, but uh, way, way too many to get into right now. Um, maybe we'll all right, Clint Kubiak. Early, I'll say Clint Kubiak. We've got an early offseason talking point for sure. Okay, well then. So give me one uh, surprise cut that you could potentially see happening, like a name that we don't necessarily think could be off the Steelers roster in 2024, but you could see happening. I mean, Cam Hayward talked about whether he wants to keep playing today, and he's done this dance for a couple off seasons now, and I keep saying, like, oh, Cam's not going to retire. But one of these years, he actually is going to. I don't know uh, if this is going to be the one or not, but, I, you know, I mean, I think the Steelers will let him play as long as he wants to. So that's sure. not really – I mean, I, I don't really see any any big surprises there. A surprise cut? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There aren't that many guys that I would think uh, – I mean, I think the, the, the cut options are – like maybe Larry Ogunjobi. I was that's who I, I was wondering how his contract was structured. He's due thirteen million against the cap next year. They could save five million, nine million by cutting him. I I don't think he's been bad, but I'm not sure he's been worth the cap number that they're paying him either. I, yeah, that that's that's probably the best answer I have. That. Let me just say, I would be surprised if they cut him. Like, that is a mm-hmm. – I'm not saying they're going to. I'm saying you, you asked for surprise. That's one yeah. at least – I can see how the math would work. I, I am skeptical that they're going to do it, though. That's the one I had as well. So, that's great. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, we will get to more of these throughout the week and stuff. Like we said, we got a ton in the can here. Thanks to you guys. We got a ton of questions. So, uh, Alan, tell the people where they can find you. At A. Saunders underscore PGH, PGH Steelers now, SteelersNow.com. That's it. There we go. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. And hit us in the comments with more questions. We will get to them. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Uh, I'm Zachary Smith, PGH for Alan Saunders and myself. Thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on the Steelers afternoon drive. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.